I'm Jamie. And I'm Nikisha, and this is Talking Horror with Jamie. And Nikisha. Where we share our love for spooky things and talk horror through the lens of human behavior. Welcome, everyone. Welcome. <laughs> and we're doing that because Jamie and I have on the same Salem merchy merch merch, and we didn't plan it. No, this was totally so. unexpected. Unexpected. Oh, I just realized mine's forwards and yours back. Yours is backwards for all those looking at us on. The oh tubes. yeah, on the yeah. What? Hers, oh no, it's hers is is mine forwards. So <laughs> you're both forwards. The way that this records, <laughs> so like, <laughs> like yeah. To me, way, yeah. I am backwards. Right, to you right now. I'm in the mirror verse, and you're right, in real right. life, and I'm trying to escape. Let me out. <laughs> yes, correct, but but. All of our viewers will see this the normal Great. way. So I'm <laughs> we'll insane. See cool. Salem. Okay. Cool. 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 We are in Salem not right now, guys. Me- Melos. Not Melos. <laughs> That's where I am. I'm in Melos. <laughs> Which is totally fine. And the upside down of Salem. That is mm-hmm. Salem. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Speaking of upside down, side to side, underneath, <laughs> in a cave. <laughs> <laughs> Of I'm delirious, guys. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> we are talking about the 2006 British horror film, The Descent. How the hell are we supposed to get out? There may not be a way out. Look, there's no going back now. We have to find a way out of this chamber and keep pushing forward. What do you think you're doing? We all trusted you. You told me this was going to be good for Sarah. Have you any idea what she's been through? No, because you couldn't get away fast enough, you selfish cow! You know, we all lost something in that crash. Just get us out of here. Look, cave systems sometimes break ground. It's a small chance. But if we stay here, we'll die. Let's go. I was about to say The Descendants. Wow, guys, what a different podcast. <laughs> that is very a very different, different movie. movie. Definitely different uh, for sure. Ev- different everything. Song and Definitely dance numbers. Yeah. Ghouly ghouls, but not in the, the same way. So, mm-hmm. But we're talking about The There's also the George Descent. Clooney movie, The Descendants, or whatever it's called. Oh, that um, never heard of it. With him and Shailene, what's her name? Woodley? Shailene Woodley. Oh, from Secret Life of the American Teenager? Oh my God, you watched that too? Girl, (laughs) don't even. That show was unhinged. I stuck around for way too long. I'm sure you stuck around longer than I did, but it was very unhinged (laughs) from season one. What were Mm -hmm. they showing us as high school, college kids? I will never understand, but that happened. (laughs) Oh, that was called The Descendants. The Descendants is the... Is the George Clooney movie. Anyway, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> but isn't The Descendants also the Disney movie? Yeah. Didn't you do a whole podcast? Yeah. On, yeah, on... we did all three of them on <laughs> yeah. Broadway, Sid, yeah. 
Go listen All to that one. All three and a half of them or whatever it is. <laughs> there's a half? Wow, we've lost the plot. Yeah, there's like Descendants yeah. 2.5. Aren't they making a new one? I think they're making a new one. Actually, I think and, I heard that as well. Because Brandy's on it. As oh, that's right. Yeah. As Cinderella. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Guys. Well, I It's the real deal. We'll have to go on uh, Broad Wasted podcast and talk about that so yeah, we'll before. That. Uh, yeah, check out Broad Wasted, everyone. <laughs> check out Broad Wasted. <laughs> Fantastic. If you, I mean, if you love horror, but also love Broadway, there you mm. go. <laughs> Meld the two together. Uh, great. So back to The Descent, not The Descendants. It was written by and directed by Neil Marshall, and it stars Shauna McDonald, Natalie Mendoza, Alex Reed, Saskia Mulder, which I love that name, Saskia, which I think is like a UK name because in another UK show that I watched, the main character's name is Saskia, and I was like, that's cool. I mm. like that. Uh, Nor Jane Noon and Mayana Burring. So um, also Natalie oh. Mendoza is like a big theater person. So there's the there's the connection. Oh uh, wait, I, I didn't realize that. What was she in? What is she? I, she was in. I think she she was the lead in Here Lies Love for a little bit. Wonderful. Um, Every time she did Miss Saigon, I think in on the West End. She was in Spider Man: oh. Turn Off the Dark as Arachne or something like that. But yeah, Mulan Rouge. Oh, dang. Yeah. Moulin Rouge. And The Descent mm. 2. Yes. <laughs> no, literally the sequel to The Descent. The oh, Descent my God. Two. Well, can't More wait descents. to watch that. Double the Descent. List. Yeah. Honestly, guys, every time, I mean, every time I see the name Mendoza, I think of uh, The Good Place. Jason Mendoza. Oh, sure. <laughs> because mm-hmm, mm-hmm. What, a, what a fantastic character. Uh <sighs> Great. Sorry, I'm just keep getting everybody sidetracked. It's okay. <laughs> We're here. We're going to do it. It's going to be great okay. and wonderful. We're so before it. we get into everything that is The Descent, which we have a lot to discuss about this, Producer Brian, please give us all of the words. Sure. Um, hi, everybody. Uh, you're listening to us. You can also find us on YouTube. Hi, YouTube. Uh, subscribe to us there. Um, but you can also find us on social media. Um, we are on Instagram. We are on Twitter. We are on TikTok at Talk Horror Pod. So find us there. Uh, we're building a really fun community in all those places. So definitely come and join us. Um, yeah, that's it. Cool, cool beans. Beautiful. Obviously, heavy spoilers for The Descent, and Jamie, please list us off all of those trigger warnings for this movie, because there's a lot of them. Yes. Um, well, for one, if you don't like caves or spelunking, this is not a film for you. Um, <laughs> but also, there is uh, some insights on the outside. Um, there's also some spooky creatures that are that have some bat-like qualities, so they are very spooky creepy. Spook. Yeah, if you don't like like creepy underground uh, people, this is this is <laughs> that. Um, so maybe stay away. Um, but yeah, lots of like ripping open, you know, stomach to eat insides, stabbings, Ooh. lots of stabbies, stabby through the lots neck, stabby through the leg, stabby through a head. Um, yeah, Car so wide. Yeah, a why yeah, oh, a car yeah. A, a gross car crash that like gives me final destination vibes. Yes. Um <laughs> that was like the first thing I thought of. Sorry, grief. spoiler. Yeah, this grief, is a movie loss about of family. <laughs> like going down yeah. the rack. My brain is also turning into mush. Um yes, this is also <laughs> a movie about grief. 
Um, and yeah, there's just a lot of death and bones and uh, murder and grief. Dem bones, dem bones. Dem bones. Dem bones. bones. <laughs> Brian sings a weird song called Dem bones that we think he made up, but we also don't know if he heard it from something. I don't you remember. Can't find and it we anywhere? really we cannot no. remember where why he started singing it or where it might have been from. It's all it is is dem bones, dem bones. That's it. <laughs> but I, I don't know where it, what it's from. So if any of our listeners know where Dem Bones, Dem Bones is from, let me know. <laughs> the, the only song that I know that has the phrase Dem Bones is a ludicrous song, but that's it, and I, that's not what you're talking about. I can almost guarantee you that is not how I know it. <clears throat> dem Bones, Dem Bones. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Uh, well, now we're going to sing that sporadically throughout that's this episode. That's our new theme song, Dem Bones. That is our new bones, theme song bones, for this episode. Bones. Is that from the Haunted Mansion, maybe? I don't know. We really, I don't know. I don't know. We don't know. No one knows. Hmm. We'll never find out. (laughs) Somebody will tell you. Find out. Throw a video up on TikTok. They talk to you there. That's true. Oh, that's a good idea. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. Dumb bones TikTok. (laughs) Dumb bones, dumb bones. Actually, we'll do it here. Hey, TikTok, do you know where (laughs) dumb bones, dumb bones is? Dumb bones, dumb bones, dumb bones. What's it from? I don't know. Nothing we really don't know. Dumb bones, dumb bones, dumb bones, dumb bones. It's a song. Maybe unless you know. I don't know. I mean, I like Dem that bones. song. Thanks. That's a great song. That was great. I mean, yeah. <laughs> we'll just, I don't know. We'll just make it up. It's fine. Yeah, yeah, totally. We're just doing our best. Goodness. Okay. Well, now that I've turned on my um, Apple music and now it was playing other music in my ear, let's continue on. <laughs> Were you listening to Dem Bones? <laughs> yeah. Was it, did, did Siri play Dem Bones for you? <laughs> right. Oh, gosh. Uh, sorry, I am delirious. And also, hi, YouTube people, but sorry I look like trash. I traveled today um, from... Don't wow, look where like did I trash. Don't talk to my friend from like that. Bones. Thank you. <laughs> but point is, I traveled to Appleton, Wisconsin, and I'm only saying this not only because I look like trash, but also because I'm staying in this house. It's a really cute house, but I'm by myself, and it has a really creepy basement, and it's giving me like super barbarian vibes, but I'm kind of digging it. So let's just see. We'll see how this pans out. Did you go into the basement? Me next week. Yeah, because the washer and dryer's in there. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. Murdery. <laughs> Well, I'm proud of you that you had a reason to go down there. Like, if you weren't just, like, exploring the murder basement, you, like, had to wash your clothes. Right. I I, I mean, you have to. I just came from living in a hotel in Indianapolis. That's where I came from. Duh. Because Mm. uh, that place that you told me to go to, I went to. You went to the Slippery Noodle? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. Super cute. Did you enjoy cute, yourself? Slippery Noodle. It was yeah, a Yeah, it's just time. like a dumb dive bar that like banks on its yeah. history. Yeah, yeah, And a yeah. lot of people were there. Um, so yeah. I mean, it was cute. I went with I'm my sure. friend. I'm sure. We had a good time. Uh, cool. But yeah, Barbarian Basement over here in uh, Appleton. <laughs> so I'm... Uh, my heightened horror senses are are there for sure, guys. So we'll see how this uh, pans out. But fun times in a creepy house by myself. Woo woo. Mm-hmm. So, guys, have you watched anything new? I know I have, but I want to know if you guys have seen any new horror stuff this week. Oh man, we have seen. Oh, so first, the, I just read some brand new breaking news. Some new news. From Wait, the we need like world. a news thing. Yeah, Breaking news. news. Yeah, that's perfect. Them bones, them bones, them bones. Um, so apparently Mike Flanagan's next movie 
is a Stephen King adaptation called The Life of Chuck from his 2020 anthology, If It Bleeds, uh, starring Mark Hamill and Tom Hiddleston. Um, and The Life of Chuck is three separate stories linked to tell the biography of Charles Krantz in reverse, beginning with his death from a brain tumor at 39 and ending with his childhood in, supposedly, uh, in a supposedly haunted house. Um, oh. So that is... That's yeah. Okay. That, that's that seems pretty cool. <clears throat> We're still waiting for the fall of the House of Usher, mm-hmm. um, uh, like the release date for that. But Mark Hamill is in that, so I'm nice. sure they became buddy buddy. And yeah, so I'm super. Buddy, that's buddy. Seem, that seems pretty cool. Yeah. Um, awesome. Fun times. Uh, but more importantly, <laughs> Jamie and yes. I watched The Nun. Oh yeah! Oh my god! <sighs> I almost forgot that we watched. Wait, this wait is it film. a newer one or like? The first no, no, one. No, no, no. The... the Nun. No, The Nun. I'd never seen it before. No way. Mm-mm. Please. Yeah. Do you give me a brief two sentencer about it. It was fucking terrible. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Oh, yep. man. But it does have one of my, if you follow my letterboxed, You'll see that my review of The Nun, my one-star review of The Nun, quotes The Nun, tomorrow a village will be missing its idiot. (laughs) Great line by The Nun. The Nun makes no sense. Yeah. The Nun, the rules of The Nun don't make sense. Mm -hmm. Why is The Nun trying to take over the body of another nun when it's already a nun? Like, I don't don't understand. I want none of this. It's nonsense. Um, But, like... Nonetheless, Ugh. I no, it was boring. I forgot. Jamie even just forgot we watched it, and she's seen it twice. I saw it once. <laughs> wow. It yeah, was bad. I saw it in theaters, and mm-hmm. what a not great moment. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Easily, I think I've seen all the Conjuring movies now. No, I haven't seen La Llorona. That's the only one I haven't seen. Did you see the first um, Annabelle? I've seen the original Annabelle. Oh, you did? Okay. Yeah. Um. Oh no, I haven't. No, I'm missing two. Then yeah. I was like, no, we watched the Annabelle sequel. Creation, which that That's one's okay. Which Annabelle one was really home. good? Yeah. Right, but then there's regular Annabelle. Yeah, which you haven't seen yeah. that one. I mean, Conjuring right. Universe. The the best. The be, The I would say the top three Conjuring Universe movies are as of right now today, um, the Conjuring, the Conjuring Two, and Annabelle Creation. Mm. Hmm. You know, I will say I had fun. Watching Annabelle Comes Home with all the Me different too. like monstery things, which I'm sure you appreciated too, like the, the oh yeah, like the werewolf man, from the, yes, the car. Uh-huh. yeah, totally. Yes. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, I liked that one, like the the guy coming out through the closets, like with the eyes mm-hmm. or one. I forgot. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like I have a fever dream and don't remember this movie. Anything you're describing, none of it is familiar to me. Oh, she like made friends with the older kids and they were babysitting for her, right? I yeah. remember that. Um, um, yeah, I like that one. I would put that top five. Um, yeah, with I would probably put because like what else is there like all the the Annabelle original I haven't seen I hear Lala Yorona is not very good the nun was garbage yeah um, and they're the, coming out with the I nun also, too yeah I nun know. too oh, <clears throat> nun here yeah back <laughs> in the habit back, back in, in the habit oh, you stole it back uh, in the habit God uh, but no I, like I, I'll see the nun Dude. too it's different director right. hopefully they got something put together for that but like. 
she's wonderful. The the woman who plays the nun looks super duper scary. So like, yes. that's always a pleasure. There were some Valak? moments in it that got me, but like awful. What? Valak. Valak. Yeah. 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 But Valak isn't scary to me. And Valak wasn't scary to me in The Conjuring too. Also, mm-hmm. just to yeah. say. No, um, I mean in comparison, you know, to other things, yeah. she's definitely not high. I mean, I think I would be more afraid of. Well, I guess Valak was working through Annabelle. Was that a thing? Or was it just a random know. demon? <clears throat> anyway. That second one is a little bit too convenient, but I still enjoy it a lot. Yeah, mm-hmm. for sure, for sure. But it's mostly for um, the uh, Ed and Lorraine love cause that we talked about before. Well, on the yeah, podcast. yeah. Like, They're so charming. That's what we're there for. Check out our first couple of episodes where we where Epper? we talk about the conjuring <laughs> episodes. Yeah, check out our conjuring one, two, and three episodes. Um, yes. We will never be doing a nun episode. Uh, this is your nun episode. You can skip it. Um, do, you, do you know what I wish I would have skipped? The movie Clocked that I watched on Hulu. Oh, oh you didn't <laughs> like it? Oh no! Oh, I thought you. Your TikTok, I, your TikTok made it seem like you kind of dug it. Because I wanted to be positive, and this yeah, is what that's I dug. Because I, I also don't like shit on a movie, of course. But yeah, yeah, yeah. I will say the take the, a big dump on that the, movie. Yeah, yes, you want to take a, a huge dump. dump on the clock? Uh, on the clock, I can't. <laughs> I just feel like it felt. <laughs> we're all delirious. We're all insane. Oh, I know. Um, I know. I just feel like I was so down for the premise mm-hmm. and I was so excited for what it could have been. But when you get halfway through to the end, you really just think to yourself, why did they make this movie? What point were they trying to make with this? Because I think it's yeah. such a great concept to talk about women in their geriatric pregnancy phase who mm. like don't want kids, but then so, like, want to try for kids maybe and that's just something that we're living in right now like it's good social commentary for what's happening right now right you should watch Nikisha just as Mm -hmm. you should really watch um there's something wrong with the children I actually think you would really like it okay yeah you saying that that remind that made me think of uh there's something wrong with the Johnsons and that's a whole that was a short film oh yeah movie that's that's on um, YouTube that's wild and crazy kids but that's, that's the, the one before the that's the first one of um that one director who i can't remember his name that yes. we watched before yes yes um but anyway i will watch i will watch that movie brian but yeah clocked mm-hmm. it just didn't do it for me and i was just so excited because i really enjoyed what the general premise but this Ari Aster's for me first short Oh my god! How can we mm. forget Ari <laughs> I was like, "Who is that by?" It's gonna. It was like tickling my brain. Yes. You watched that. Oh, have you- I we didn't watch. I haven't watched that. Oh, it's intense. Yeah, but very well written, very well acted, and it's it's wonderful. Uh, the Johnsons one, not Clock. Uh, also, sure. have you guys listened? Or sorry, not listened to. Have you guys seen anything about a movie called Soft and Quiet? Yes. Uh huh. Okay, I because someone it. told me to watch that, and I haven't watched it yet. I think it's Amazon. I think Prime. that's from last year. Um, it got, it's it? supposed to be very disturbing. That's what I've heard. Yeah. Okay. But soft and quiet. Mm-hmm. Soft, <laughs> disturbing, but soft and quiet. Got yeah. it. Um, <laughs> on the other side of things, Jamie and I watched all three Pitch Perfect movies this week. <laughs> 
Just cause for funsies. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I love Friday it. Friday night. Friday night, we were just kind of like blah or whatever it was. We just wanted something to like do to like I don't know. We just wanted something. And no, yes. Saturday night. It's Saturday. Saturday night. Yeah, Saturday night. We were just like sitting on the couch. We were just like, I don't know. I just want to turn off my brain. So I just turned on Netflix, and it, and the first one popped up. I was like, Let's watch Pitch Perfect. Um, and then immediately right. after Pitch Perfect, we started Pitch Perfect Two, <laughs> and then uh, on Sunday we watched Pitch Perfect Three, which I'd never seen before. That was new for me. Yes. Um, and they're delightful. They definitely get worse with each one, but yes. I just like all these women having a good time together. And uh, Jamie has heard this from me many times, but I need more Pitch Perfect movies. However, they need to be like Fast and Furious movies. Like, they need to get more <laughs> insane as they keep going. Yes. Like, I need the Bellas to have to, like, sing at the opening of the International Space Station. <laughs> and, like, I need the Bellas to, like, be, like, yes. abducted by a cult and they have to sing their way out of, like, the dungeons. Like, something so insane. Like, they have to sing yes. during, like, a bank high. Like, I need crazy no. stuff because all I want to do is watch Anna Kendrick, Anna Camp, Brittany Snow, and all yes. of their friends, like, just sing and be, and, and Rebel Wilson, just, like, have a great time together while singing. Like, I, that's all I want. And, like, maybe do it in the International Obsessed. Space Station. <laughs> Somebody, let me let me call up Deke Sheeran and be like, "Hey, you make make this movie." But also, there it is kind of going in that direction because you know their bumper has a side movie. Oh, that's called, right! Like, like Bumper Goes to Germany or something like that. Oh, but we need to watch that. Own, <laughs> yes, right, it's on Peacock. I forgot. Oh yes. yeah, yeah. Because I saw yeah. Oh, we gotta watch it. We gotta oh watch. I, 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 yeah. But yeah. I'm I'm just done? like you guys aren't telling me. This weekend passed and you didn't start Queen Charlotte, a Bridgerton story. Oh well, we're seen, we're like totally behind on Bridgerton. I've never seen a second of it. I haven't oh. watched it. I know it's supposed okay. to be excellent. Yeah. I I mean I, I say I groan mostly because I thought Jamie you were like in it to win it on Bridgerton. I, I know. I'm so sorry. Okay, it's I'll fine. Just, I'll let you catch up oh, and then we can discuss just, later. Uh, <laughs> Nikisha, Jamie did watch something and, and beat you to it. Oh, no. watch. Jamie watched all of Station Eleven. Oh yeah, I oh. did. Okay. I did. I, I I've been so geez, resistant okay, to watch new shows lately for no particular mm-hmm. reason. Just it just feels like a big commitment and it makes me very anxious. Anyway, this isn't about me. Um, but I, <laughs> I watched it and I think I finished it in like a week cause it's only one season and it was really, really, okay. really good. Everyone's excellent in it. It's very moving. I definitely okay. cried. Um, so bring your tissues. I'll have to put it, sprinkle it in between cause I'm still going through walking dead guys, mm-hmm. but I'm on season in the middle of season six right now so they have no place to go they're just wanderers along the path and everybody's dying like slowly they're picking off people main cast people that have been there for like three to four seasons they're like picking them off one by one so it's like where is this going but okay i feel like it's where it's about to take a turn of when Mm. people are like "Mm, maybe not so much i'm good sure sure but yeah. Cool. Oh, well, we're we, well, no. Go ahead. We Brian. also have a new. We have a new <gasps> member of oh, yeah. our Funko family. Look at Pennywise. Pennywise with the I Love Dairy balloon. Mm-hmm. I've been I've been looking for love this it. one forever, and we finally got it. This I found it at a like a collectible store, and I was very excited. 
Yeah. I thought you were about to say, and it was very expensive. <laughs> <laughs> it was one million doll hairs. No, no, no. Why? It was not, but I'm very excited for it. Anyway. It's very cute. Back to you, Nikisha. No, yeah. I was just going to say back to what, why we're here, guys. <clears throat> which oh, yeah, is, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> for, for the descent, you know? Let's, let's talk about that. And we need a two-minute plot summary. Watch the plot. <laughs> I know I did it last time. Y'all don't want to hear me talk about this, so I think uh, it might it. be Jamie's turn. Oh, it oh. Be, yeah, I do feel like it's my turn. Great, she's got it. And then I rescind my uh, your offer. My offer. <laughs> this isn't going to be good. It's going to be really fast. Great. <laughs> interesting. Interesting. It's like because be good. I it's going to be fast. Really, I I have to admit that like I could, I can't really remember a lot of their names. And it's just, you know, it's a dark spelunking cave. So, like, I can't really notice their differences in the dark. And there was, like, three blonde ladies who looked the same. I, just just a bunch of people that are all in the dark running. There well, you go. When, you go, when you go through their name, uh-huh. that, oh, that, that's the plot summary. Um, <laughs> when you talk about them, I'll jump in with their name. Okay. I'll do my best. Okay. Yeah. All right. You ready? Yeah. And go. Okay, so the movie starts with three besties, Sarah, Juno, and Beth, that are going rafting together. Um, Sarah is married to her husband, Paul, and has a daughter, Jessica, and they get into a car accident. And why do you make a face? You knocked it out of the park with those names. I didn't remember the kid's name. Oh, because of Wikipedia. Thank you. Uh, (laughs) Oh, oh. (laughs) (laughs) They get into a car accident, and Sarah is the only survivor. And then a year passes and Juno plans this big trip for them to go spelunking because they're all like into thrills and adventures and whatnot. So it's the the original trio plus uh, three or four new friends that are joining along. Uh, Sam, Rebecca and Holly, um, I think is it. Mm -hmm. Uh, And, you know, there's some like talking about feelings after this big trauma that Sarah experienced and then Sarah's like, let's just get into, um, you know, doing One this minute. trip. Uh, Juno hopes that this will be their, like, friendship saver. Um, so they get into this cave, and it's revealed that uh, Juno has never actually been to this cave. It is an undiscovered cave that they were hoping they could all discover collectively as a way to, like, bridge the, the gap in their friendship. Everyone's pissed, and then all of a sudden they see a creature... And they all start freaking out. They all go running in different directions. The creatures are slowly taking them out one by one. But then uh, Juno accidentally kills Beth after killing one of the creatures and just leaves her there. But Beth takes Juno's necklace. Everyone else is slowly dying from being 15 seconds. And then it's finally just Juno and uh, Sarah And Sarah finds out that Juno was sleeping with Sarah's husband, and then she injures her, and then she escapes the thing, but she doesn't actually escape, and that's the end, or maybe I don't know. Right on the dots. (laughs) Absolutely. Absolutely. I think that was my best one yet. I don't know about you all. Yes. I mean, it's a lot of just getting lost in a cave, falling There's down in a lot of people in, in this movie that you can't see well because they're all getting lost in a cave. 
Yes, exactly. <laughs> it's just a very dark movie. Somebody turn up the light, please. Turn up. Yes. I need to see. I need the to brightness. see what's happening. So this movie has <laughs> so this movie has two endings, depending on which one you watch. We'll get into that. The first ending <laughs> is that Sarah escapes. She gets to her car. She drives away. She throws up. She was like totally freaked out. She sits up in the car and then Juno is right there next to her, like obviously like a vision. And you get a close up of Sarah's eyes and then cut to cut to the picture they took earlier in the movie with the roll credits. The second one, which is the one that was released in the UK and was not in the US because it was too bleak, is that after that happens, Sarah essentially wakes back up in the cave um, after her fall. Um and she really, and and essentially she sees the birthday cake that her daughter had the whole time like in her in her visions <clears throat> and then that's kind of like comforting her as you kind of, but it's actually her torch um which is the fire to the birthday cake and as you pull back you just see that she's still in kind of their lair and they're all around her and that and that's version so we'll get into what we thought about those two endings but i just wanted to uh, talk about that um just that there are two endings to this it depends on yeah. you. You'll probably watch the American one because if you rent it or something, that's the one that's provided. I'm assuming. Absolutely, yes. Well, let's get into it with our first segment of likes and gripes. Woohoo! And now our likes and gripes. So I will go ahead and say that this was my first time watching this movie. But can I ask, how many times have you guys seen this? This is my third. Oh, third time. Okay. Honestly, I have no idea. Like, I think I've seen this like four or five times. Um, Mm. But I still don't know their names. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, it's fair. Why don't you know their names? I remember Juno because I don't like her. That was a great joke. That was a great joke. Thank you. Because she's the worst, and I'm sure the we'll talk worst. about that too. The worst. Yes. Uh, <laughs> thank you, John Raphael. Thank you, John <laughs> Raphael. Uh, watch Brimfield. So I just want to say uh, I'll start off with the likes and gripes since this is my first time watching it. And I literally watched this like five minutes before we started recording this podcast. And there, oh, first off, I loved at the I loved the general concept of at the beginning there is a man he saves Juno because they push her into the water or he like grabs her out of the water but then like that's the only thing of a male like saving a female and then everything else is like the females just doing things for mm. themselves and I'm sure mm. they didn't mean anything by it but I just really enjoyed that he was out of the way in the sense of they had to save themselves right mm. uh, so already on board for that was already on board when the car crash happened because, wow, that happened very quickly. It was not thinking that that would be anywhere near where this would be because I knew what the general premise of the descent was because, of course... General premise. General premise. (laughs) General gist. Because, you know, I love my Watch Mojo, and, of course, this has been on many a Watch Mojo countdown list. Yeah, Especially with the creatures that were living in the cave. I've seen them before. I so I knew Oh, like, so you knew mm-hmm. that the creatures were coming. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Cuz my first experience with this movie was I did not know that the twist, if you will, is that they were creatures. This movie for me is set mm. up so much to just be like, we're lost. We're going to start attacking each other. Like, it yeah. really sets up that. And to me, the first time I saw this movie, the creatures were a surprise to me. 
Mm. That's interesting. And you know, even even in you saying that, and even with me knowing the creatures, I still feel like everything I agree with you was set up well for it to still be panic in panic at the disco mm. in the caves, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. And so everything is set up so well that I think that the creatures just added to it and it wasn't like I was waiting for the creatures to come because I knew they were coming, if that mm-hmm. makes sense. Mm-hmm. So would you say that you were engaged, very engaged, even knowing that the, the monsters were coming, essentially? There are, in my notes, so many instances of me saying, I just stopped breathing. Why am I not breathing? Hmm. The minute that Sarah got caught the first time and Ooh. her friend Beth was trying to console her, I have put in my notes... I am also not breathing right now. I need to start breathing. Yeah. And there were so many of those moments. And I don't <clears throat> consider myself a claustrophobic person, mm. uh, but just how everything was set up and the acting. Mm-hmm. And we always talk about um, the light and the dark and what the audience sees and if it's the same thing that the character can see. Mm-hmm. And so all those instances of being in a dark cave and the only thing that you can see is what the character is seeing, whatever light they're shining on, whatever one that just builds up so much tension to where I was already engaged before the creatures came in. Yeah. Sure. Um, the so many jump scares. Fantastic. Cause I don't think I've had a movie get me as good as when Sarah is before they even get to the cave and she's in that cabin and something wakes her up and she's at the window and oh, then the pipe goes through her head. That got me good too, Nikisha. And I've Ooh. seen this thing. Yeah. That got oh yes. man. I jumped. That that like yes. kick started me be like, oh right, I'm in for a roller coaster ride in this one. <laughs> well and, and it's so crazy because you already are like you see the pipe go through the husband's <clears throat> head and I didn't think that the daughter also didn't make it too. So I was like mm. Well, damn, like she's just by herself now and mm-hmm. it just escalated so quickly. Yeah. And you know that there's an hour and 15 left in this movie and you're like, well, what the fuck is about to happen? And they just keep topping it and topping it and topping it as far as just things. And uh, so, yeah, all that to say, really loved it. Love the jump scares. Um, definitely had moments of just panic <clears throat> with even the the clamps. I when they were trying to build like a way between the kind of bridge that was broken, they couldn't mm. like, they were trying to put clamps in the rocks in the ceiling. Um, and that took me out. I was very stressed at what was happening. I forgot who was doing that. Maybe it was Becca. Who was the one that made yeah. the path? So and that then they Juno was like, up hurry there. up. And oh you're God. like, are you kidding me, Juno? Shut up, Juno. You can't yes. do this either. You cannot, and you did not volunteer to be the one to do this. Also, you got everybody lost in the first place, and yeah. you deserved your fate. Yes. And then when Juno tried to do it, she ruined Becca's hands. Yeah. Exactly. Yes. So Rude. it was just like, girl, I, I can't deal with you. She Mm-mm. she was a lot. And then leaving Beth to like die. I'm really happy that Beth ended up telling Sarah everything that happened because. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hooey. Uh, what what a moment. Lots of gore. Lo- always love the gore. I always, and this is my last thought on my likes and gripes, because I really mm-hmm. didn't have a lot of gripes. I was engaged. Yeah, I was engaged in, in everything. There wasn't something that really didn't make a lot of sense to me, except for the fact that they're in this cave in the first place, because I would never do something like that. But if right, that's your vibe, right. like, go ahead. 
do your thing, whatever. Um, but it felt like people were peopling as much as they could given the circumstance uh, sure. and the, the height of surviving that craziness. But my last thought is I love slash I don't love the fact that the characters that we start off with, the characters with the most trauma, you know that they're probably most likely going to be the ones to survive. Mm-hmm. So it just, this, this is just a, a general just thought about horror movies in general. General gist. Uh, that I anytime Sarah looked like she wasn't gonna make it, I knew she was gonna make it because she is the main character. She is the one that has gone through the most trauma. So like mm. usually the one who has <clears throat> gone through something crazy in the beginning and then get placed in the horror situation to which the movie is surrounded by, they still end up surviving it in some kind of way. Even though we can talk about like if Sarah survived or, or not or whatever the case may right. be. But the fact that she was the the last one standing, I'll say. Yeah, yeah. I never, uh, I never was thinking to myself, oh, this is this is when Sarah's gonna get got, you know, um, which I think is maybe something that is a a, a gripe about just movies in general because you do want to have that surprise of like mm. what is actually gonna happen, but for mm. the most part, you know that people who you follow for for the whole movie are the ones that are going to like survive it all. It's just a matter of how they're going to do it, you know, if yeah. they have all their limbs by the end of it, you sure, know. Sure. Or, mm-hmm. But they are going to survive. So, um I just never anytime I I guess I'm saying the stakes in any time she was in a high stakes situation, I wasn't into it because I knew that she was mm. going to be okay. If that makes sure. sense. Yeah. I also jumping off from what you just said, um, before we go to Jamie's likes and gripes, um, I just wanted to say that (laughs) something that I like about this movie that you just mentioned is that you never question why they're spelunking in the first place because they are set up as a group of women who like to do these very adventurous things when they get together. Mm -hmm. So it wasn't like any of them were like, I don't really want to do this. Like, they were all like super into it, gung ho about yeah. it. This is how they bond, and mm-hmm. they were all very well prepared. If they had followed That's the actual plan, yeah. if they mm-hmm. followed the plan that Juno messed up, they were all very well prepared to do all of yes. this. And I think that's why the movie is a lot more believable than a lot of other movies putting people into absurd situations. Hmm. Right, like a, a earthquake opening up a parking garage and you just want to go inside the hole. <laughs> Nobody's going to sure. do that. Oh my God. Sure. Don't even, I can't but get into it. Anyway, <laughs> your likes and gripes. Um, yeah, I really enjoy this movie. I think it's like, you know, from the early two thousands, like definitely is a standout in horror. Um, because like it is, even though I can't remember their names, it is so much about these like relationships <laughs> And just, like, Mm -hmm. the, you know, the impact of grief and trauma on relationships. Like, over time, you also get to see, like, half of the characters and how they've evolved and how their friendships with one another have evolved for a variety of reasons. And I I think that, like, there's a lot of things that feel really grounded about their relationships and the, the ways that, like, some of them are closer, some of them are less close. Um, you know, Juno and Sarah's relationship, like Juno apologizing for not being there, like feels real. And like, you know, separately, yeah. separate from finding out that Juno was having an affair with Sarah's husband, like 
that's believable that like there are some folks that, you know, would have a really hard time sticking around through a really traumatic experience that like, you know, their friend went through. So like that felt really real. And, and I wasn't like mad at her about that. Um, whereas I see like some people definitely could be, I'm mad because like she had this affair, um, and then makes a series of terrible decisions over and over again. Um, so yeah, so the relationships I think is like my biggest pro. I also think that the, like the creatures themselves are, are very well done. They're very unsettling and creepy. I like the idea of like, you know, they can't see because they're in the cave and, and they use like, you know, bat, bat skills, they're Batman, um, to be <laughs> able <Batman>. to, <laughs> to get around and, and like continue to survive. Um, they kind of give me, a uh, oh no, now I'm not going to remember. Um, what's the, the Will Smith zombie movie? I am legend. Yeah. They give me like the creatures mm. from I am legend vibes, sure. That's mm-hmm. the um, a little bit. They're little golems. Oh, God. You know what? I take back everything I just said because I hated that. Dumb hobbits. No. No. No, Don't encourage in the keys. I was obsessed with those movies. When it's good, it's good, Jamie. You got to admit. Smooth girl. I hate, I hate. I'm going to have nightmares. And I can't even escape it because it's coming from my husband. Right. <laughs> In your own home. Yeah. It's ca- the call's coming from inside the house. Um, so, so yeah, I do like the creatures. Um, and I feel like the it's a good threat. And it, there is a point. There are some points where it's like, okay, like I could see just like impulse, you know, fight or flight, trying to escape these creatures based on what's going on here. But then there's the parts where people are, this is, this is my biggest gripe. People are running in these caves where they can't see shit. And I don't understand. I also myself can admit that there are a few, like I'm never going to be in a cave. That's just not a thing that's for me. Um, Mm -hmm. there like are very rare moments where I would find myself in a cave. I don't like the dark for one. When I'm in the dark, I am not like booking it, not looking. I'm a floor walker. All right. Like I am not Mm -hmm. running through a place that I cannot see well. And even though they are like, you know, thrill seekers or whatever, I just can't fathom a world where people after they go through like they're spending so much time in the beginning talking about safety and then you know and sticking together yeah and then like they all just like literally run off in different directions but like really Mm -hmm. it's the running that bothers me the most because that's what gets like two of them killed like one of them falls in the hole and Mm -hmm. breaks her leg which they have to shove back into her which is gross um, and then she just like gets taken away by one of the creatures. Oh, I was watching <laughs> those. <laughs> that part actually, I think is funny. Um, what were you saying, Brian? Oh, I just want to say <laughs> when I watched this movie, as I watched this movie, I thought to myself, how many times would I have twisted my ankle? And the answer yeah. is yeah. a lot. The answer is yes. a lot. Yeah. Every single lot. step that I would take, I probably would have twisted my ankle. Like the fact that only two of them fall into stuff is a miracle. Um, Yeah, that's true. 
uh, shocking. Yeah. Especially because not only is like the terrain just like you can't see it, but then they eventually realize that there's bones everywhere in this cavern. There How are, are they what? not stepping? There are dim bones strewn throughout this cavern and like they're not tripping over them constantly. Like they just saw that they're everywhere. <laughs> wow. I just there should be way more tripping than there is to discourage people from running in caves where they can't see anything. That is like the part that really takes me out of this. Um because that just feels so unbelievable to me. Again, I get that the threat is like real and scary and like they're showing us the the, sure. the jump scares, which I think are really effective um, yeah. to, to like increase their likelihood of just like running aimlessly like chickens with their heads cut off. But they still have a really hard time, especially at the point where like, I guess it takes them a little bit to realize that they can't see anything. But even so, mm. if they can hear as well as they can hear, all of their like stomping and stepping and stepping on bo- on dumb bones that clearly make sounds like they're going to get they're going to be heard. So like right. I just don't know why they would run aimlessly around. And I know that's a parlor talk thing now, but like it just it's my it's my biggest gripe of this movie. Everything else I really really enjoy. There's so much tension in mm-hmm. just them navigating the caves. There's tension in the relationships. After they find out, like, Juno's actions of her not taking the map and then revealing that they're in this unexplored cave is such a huge betrayal to all of them. And, like, and they literally have no choice but to continue. But it's, like, they could have just, they they truly, like, this realization of, like, we all just could be dead. And Juno just doesn't seem to be, like, processing that because she's so Mm -hmm. selfish. She's a really great antagonist. Like, just Mm -hmm. so self-absorbed and selfish. And, like, you hear that the thing, the statement that, like, best represents this is when she says, we all lost something in the the accident. Like, that line really stands out. Because, like, she's selfish. She's mad that she lost her affair partner. She's not thinking Mm -hmm. about Sarah. Like, all of her actions are just so much about her. Mm -hmm. And, but, like, I think that she's still written really well. Yeah. And to think, to piggyback off of that, the fact that she thought, Juno thought, a good way to bond with everyone again, to bring Sarah back and to make everything okay was like, well, let's just, I figured that we could all discover this together. And then yeah, we'll we name could it all Sarah. Like name it. And I can name it Sarah. And it's like, also, you really thought side note, that that was the best? <laughs> who's going to the Sarah cave? That sounds lame. Sounds lame. Sorry to all the Sarahs out there. But my parents almost cave, named no. me Sarah. Yeah, you don't need nice. a cave. No, just in terms of like you, <laughs> you see it on a it. map, like it might you might think Sarah's cave is like cutesy and fun, like but yeah, like, yeah not filled mm-hmm. with like crawly creatures. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Right, exactly. So it's just wild. Yeah, would you say what kind of behavior is that? Like, is this narcissistic behavior? Sorry, I'm going in like diving a little bit to other other section, but how would you describe like Juno in general, or is she just a bitch? <laughs> are they not one in the same Mm -hmm. um i mean like i definitely think that she she's got like some main character energy where it's like she's Mm. very she's just like very you know into herself and like you know she brings on this person 
who is like following Juno, like following her steps. She's mm. trying to repair this relationship, but like on her own terms where she's the leader, she's the one who's organizing it. And like, mm-hmm. there's just a lot of things that feel like they're, they're like selfish in how she's acting. And like, she doesn't seem that aware of it. Um, and I think it just means that she's a bad friend. So I don't know if I, it, like, I mean, maybe she also, like, maybe some of that also reads as narcissistic, but I definitely think that she's okay. not a good friend. I also love the fact that you use main character energy as a negative. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Because a lot of the times we don't think about it. Everyone is like, yeah, main character energy. I'm like thinking about myself, but in a way that is self-care because I used to be the one that would think about other people. So it's just very interesting that you said her main character energy specifically, which I agree with, is something that's but negative isn't because... It, I thought it had more of a negative connotation because it's like this idea that like you think... By you thinking that like you're the main character of the story, then you're you're like over-inflating your ego and like your sense of self in a way that like, you know, is, is, is minimizing like what other people around, like get out of your own head, like get your own head, Mm -hmm. get your head out of your ass. I don't know which statement I want to say something about a head, but, uh, (laughs) but like, that's kind of what I associate that with of like, Mm. you think that you are like the star and Mm -hmm. that is like blinding you from like seeing reality because of that, like inflated sense of self. It's like grandiose. Yeah. I mean, I, I agree with you a thousand percent. The people that I know that have used that. Oh, interesting. Isn't, I have seen it was not in that sense. But I agree sure. absolutely with what you're saying. Cool. Yeah. But it's wild. So main character energy, Juno, we don't like her. Goodbye, mm-hmm. ma'am. No Goodbye, sense. ma'am. <laughs> Brian, your likes and gripes, please. Yeah, sure. Um, um, I really like this movie. Um, I think that... I like the symbolism of like the candles and the cake and blowing out the candles. And I liked at the beginning when she's screaming in the hospital and the lights start to go out, kind of foreshadowing Mm -hmm. the cave that she's like in her own cave. Like I liked all of that stuff a lot. Um, I think all of the ex- I think the ratio of exposition to action in this movie is excellent, and I don't think any of the exposition is over the head enough to like make you feel like oh I know it's gonna happen like mm. you kind of do in some ways, but like it's they're never over explaining anything. She makes that one yeah. comment to how her husband said like love every day or whatever it is, and that and they stop there, and then it comes back on the necklace at the end, and I thought that was just like I thought all of that was really well handled in general. Can Um, I add on to that? Yeah. Just really quickly agreeing with you in the sense that there are some moments where you know things might happen. I felt that way too in the jump scares. Mm. There were some moments where I like, something's going to happen here, but it still didn't take away. Like the jump scare was still Mm. good. Yeah. So Mm -hmm. even though it was set up to be like, okay, when she like turns around, like something's going to happen, but it happens in maybe a way that you didn't expect. So it's still surprising. I thought it was really good. I just wanted to add. Yeah. No, that's actually my next note because the next note I have is the pipe window a jump scare that you had mentioned previously, Nikisha. Um, one, mm-hmm. as Jamie mentioned, you know, full Final Destination 2 vibes, like, uh-uh, no thank you. Um, <laughs> very scary. Um, and there were a lot of other uh, jump scares in this movie that really, really got me. And I know they were coming. I've seen this movie before. Oh, my like God. The that was corner. my favorite part where Brian would jump and I would just look over at him and be like, huh, they got <laughs> you again, huh? <laughs> 
Like the camcorder when they're panning and it's standing behind her. Like, Mm -hmm. yeah, I know that's coming. That's the Mm -hmm. big one, like from the trailer and everything. And like that got Mm -hmm. me for sure. Um, I like movies that have freeze frames of pictures that people take because I think. (laughs) No, hear hear me out. Hear me out. I, I love the idea of freeze framing a moment in time of like. Who were these people at that moment in time? What yes. were their relationships? Like, this is the picture that's going to live forever when they're gone. This was, it's always those creepy pictures you see on TikTok and stuff of like the top 10 creepiest photos right before they died. Like, like. How often are you watching those? I get them a lot. <laughs> um, but because uh, you watch one and that's like part two, part 17, mm. and then the set part 18 is like exactly. not nearly as good as part two and three. Um, but. <laughs> I don't know. I just it makes you it. What this movie does is has is a lot of transitions that break momentum. Um, for instance, when the cave collapses and they come out of it, it fades to black and then fades back in, and that whole all that tension that build up is kind of like dissipated a little bit. And I don't know if I like that or did dislike that, um, <clears throat> but I really like that that moment with the the the, the picture of all of them especially now that that's also the credit sequence at the end. Um, I really, really uh, appreciated that a lot. Um, Ted, can you hear Ted uh, dreaming? He's dreaming of uh, people with uh, birthday cakes. Um, um, I think that the tunnel stuck and collapse sequence is absolutely terrifying. Um, Yes. I I like the birthday cake is still lit. Like underground, hmm. when didn't I think she blows it out at the beginning? I don't remember, um, but I think oh, there's Ted. <laughs> you good? He's dreaming about them bones, them guys. Bones, them bones, them bones, them bones, them bones. Ted's a dog, by the way. If anyone was wondering, <laughs> um, listening. <laughs> hey, hey. Okay. Um, <laughs> Just having a good dream. I know, I know. Um, I like that. Oh, I love the art. I wonder who did that art. Mm. Was the art them? Are mm-hmm. they artists? Are they just secluded artists under the under the world, those monsters? Or <laughs> yes. I also wonder, I mean, it's, it's never really explicitly said, but, like, I think it is. Part of me is, like, I wonder if, like, they grew in the dark or they were people who went underground and, like, evolved over hundreds of years. Um, mm-hmm. That was interesting to me. Um, I like that she was reborn in blood. Um... I like the build up to the final 40 minutes and the four final 40 minutes is great. Um, I thought it was interesting that she kills the monsters family. Like she does exactly like she puts that, that monster mother through the grief that she went through in that moment and then ends up mm-hmm. slaughtering her anyway. I, I don't know what that means, but I thought that was very interesting. Um, yeah. I like that her human nature turns on in like just a moment. Like she just like snaps and goes full. Like you said, tomb Raider, um, in that moment, mm-hmm. um, I guess like is it trying to say like when given the opportunity, she's taking out her anger. You know what I mean? Um, yeah, for sure. Her strength. Yeah, I totally. Would agree with that. Yeah, yeah. Um, here are some of my gripes. Um, the bat CGI at the beginning is terrible. Oh yeah, it is. It really is. Um, <laughs> we mentioned it. Juno yelling at Rebecca to hurry up when she's the only one doing the free climbing. Like, shut the fuck up. Um, right. Holly running is, they're also dumb. Holly running, I have that one. Oh, this one was interesting. This being my third watch, I found the second 
as entertaining as the bloodbath of the second half of this movie is, I found it a lot cheesier and cornier than I remember it being. Really? The first half of this movie is very grounded, and then the second half, just with the monsters like tearing them apart, it just feels <clears throat> way cheesier than I remembered it being. With some of the shots, the close-ups, the like, some of the monsters like made me laugh a little bit more this time. The they're amazing, and the work on them is amazing, mm-hmm. and the costuming and the the makeup and the special effects are incredible. I don't know why that just may be like a third time through situation watching it. I may like flip back to like this being scary, but like that was just my experience on this viewing. Um, a bit fo- hard to follow in the dark sometimes. Maybe that's just me getting older. I don't know. Um, no, I agree with that. <laughs> I hated that the monsters had no sense of smell. If they're blind, it doesn't make sense to me that, one, they they couldn't smell Rebecca and uh, Sam. Um mm. Right in, it was climbing over them, and it was right in front of Sarah at one point. You're telling me you didn't smell that person's sweat and stuff, like that the 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 aromas coming off of them. That's weird to me. Also, you don't feel the heat coming off of like the torch and stuff like that. Like that that just felt like we were breaking the rules a little bit. Well, do you know what the rules are for like actual bats? If they were trying to mimic what that is, like uh, no, I do don't. You... To be fair, that that's an excellent point. But it just seemed weird that like I don't know. I, I, maybe that's my problem and my assumption is that like <clears throat> no, if you can't I get you, see... especially with the smell. Yeah, they should have. I mean, they were so close. I totally yeah. get that. But then I thought like, oh, well, maybe like it's a bat thing. Like bats don't have smell or whatever, so they're yeah. just kind of going with that arc, that narrative like, or whatever. But what, and also when the monster steps on her head and like like to me I don't believe that she that the monster didn't know it was standing on like a person's like breathing throbbing head you know and like that was weird to me again these are gripes of a person who's seen this movie many times um um Oh, I, I gripe. I didn't totally follow Sam's decision when she was hanging and being attacked by the monsters. Like she pulls oh, yeah. out the knife and then like she kind of like swipes. Uh, I, I needed more. I mean, maybe that's the Sam character where she like didn't know what to do in the moment. But like I just needed a little something a little bit more decisive from her or at least from the director, like just mm-hmm. doing what there. Also, more most importantly, uh, the the main monster um, in the credits is listed as Scar, um, and I'm disappointed that um, we didn't we didn't they didn't say the name Scar in the movie. Um, so that's wow. what I have there. Scar. Um, Scar. Okay, and Lion my King. quote, my, yeah, I know, right? And my quote here is, "I've never been lost in my life," said Juno. Um, I think that's an interesting comment because I think all she is is lost. Like mm, she's yes. she's she's actually lost. In the movie, she gets everybody lost in the movie. She's yeah. lost in her life after her affair dies. She's lost mm-hmm. before that because she's cheating on, she's helping her husband, uh, her, you know, Sarah's husband achieve. I think she has no idea where she is and who she is. And she gets lost in these caves and this, this riot and this, you know, whitewater rafting so she can feel something, so she can feel a part of something. So I, I, that line just mm-hmm. really stuck out to me. <clears throat> that coupled with, uh, Jamie's line of, um, you know, like we all lost something that day is like a perfect summary of uh, who Juno is. Um, mm. yeah. So I have some open questions for you all um, mm. uh, here, uh, if you wouldn't mind answering some of them. Um, see. Mm-hmm. Uh, is Juno the worst 
Or is there any, like, saving her when Sarah does that to her at the end, injures her? Like, do you feel like there's any sort of, um, you know, sympathy or empathy? And also, how did you feel about Sarah's actions towards Juno at the end? Did that make you feel uncomfortable? Do you think that, like, that was a bad thing to do? Should she have taken a higher road? Uh, let's talk about that relationship. Jamie, do you want to start? <laughs> I mean, I'll uh, go, but if you want to start. No, you go. <laughs> Just in you in you saying that question, great question, I was thinking about when we talk about forgiveness, you know, and all that stuff, and if this you, were a situation can you imagine? where... Can you imagine? Yes. Uh, Hamill fans. Uh, <laughs> if I feel like if they were not in such a high stress situation and everyone was above ground and everything was fine, that Sarah would have kind of like disowned her as a friend, but found a way to forgive her without being, you know, violent. But I feel like the only reason why she was violent was because she was already in a high stakes situation and already in survival mm. mode. And like you mm. said, Brian, she was already taking out her anger on those things and kind of just became like feral Sarah. Uh, so I feel like when she saw Juno, it was a, a moment of, all right, this is why I have all this anger and all of whatever, whatever. And here she is. I won't kill her, but I'll slow her down so that sure. I can escape. So I can agree with as like people peopling I can understand why she would do that to to Juno Mm -hmm. and I don't think that Juno has any redeemable qualities solely based on the information that we have in the movie because you don't see her being a good friend ever like there's Mm -hmm. not even one moment where you're like oh she does care she's like taking care of somebody or she's like no she's consistently just not a good friend to everybody she also lied to Sarah in that moment when she asked her those leading questions. And then, um, oh, another like I didn't say is, man, when Juno turns around and stabs Beth in the neck, that gets me every time. Like, that makes my heart stop. And, like, that's when I start breathing every single time. I audibly yelled, oh, no, (laughs) when that happened. It was wild. Anyway, Jamie, thoughts on that? Yeah, I, I agree. I think that... Juno just is a doody head. I just think that, like, I, I don't yeah. think that she's a good friend um, because of, like, the situation that she gets herself in. And I just think that, like, she, yeah. I just, I don't think that she's a good person. Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, Juno, welcome to the Worst <laughs> Friends in Horror Movies Hall of Fame. Woo! You suck. <laughs> you suck. <laughs> um, yeah, terrible. Um, I, I don't think there's anything redeeming about her, and I think the movie, like, I don't think the movie tries to, but I think it presents opportunities for her to, and she never takes them, and I think that's very interesting. Um, mm-hmm. I, I was... I like your description of that, Nikisha, of uh, why Sarah did that and why you're okay with it. Because, like, in the moment, you know, I I like that this movie makes that decision because that's their that's their choice of 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 the forgiveness aspect of this. 
And I think that's mm-hmm. part of what makes the movie interesting. If she had let her go and whatnot, and like Juno ends up saving her and letting her escape, like that's predictable. This feels mm-hmm. like yes. you have the opportunity to take out someone who truly killed your be- other best friend who was actually there to help you through this. You know, mm-hmm. like, um, and then and then lying about it and cheating on the husband, like. Like, we talk about all these movies where, like, how is this person going to, like, make it out of here and then, like, tell the cops that they didn't do all of this? You know what I mean? Like, this is a scenario where, like, you could get out and, like, kind of get away with it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Let Um, them find the bodies and all the other, if they want want to go down there and and see all the creatures. Right, (laughs) right, totally. Which... The dis- it, so the descent too. We can talk about that in a little bit, um, okay. but um, so my next question for you all is: Is Beth a bad friend for not telling Sarah that <laughs> Paul was cheating on her with Juno? Because I think it, I think they I think it's clear that Beth knew, even if Beth didn't know until she until Paul died. Like still, she knew before the death sequence, if you will. I don't know if she did. I think that, like, in rewatching this, there's that clip in the very beginning when they're going rafting, and for whatever reason, Sarah's husband is, like, only taking off Juno's helmet, which is weird, and Beth clocks that and just, like, takes notice but doesn't say anything. I think that she had suspicions, but I think that her getting the necklace was the moment where she actually realized it. I don't know if she, like knew definitively because I do think that based on like what their relationship Beth and Sarah's relationship I think that she would have told her so my assumption Mm -hmm. is that she really didn't know she might have suspected but didn't know definitively until she got the necklace okay yeah what did on your first watch Nikisha what did you think I thought that Beth knew the whole time Mm -hmm. honestly I understand your point though mm-hmm. Jamie and it's hard it's okay you can I tell feel... me I'm wrong no 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 and did you just I, make I my wife cry wrong. Nikisha <laughs> no I, I hate making people cry I cry when people cry cancer <laughs> problems um <laughs> no uh, but the thing is is that I feel like there's been so many rom-com movies that I have seen where the friend tries to tell Mm. the best friend that her husband Mm. is cheating and the girl is like, I don't believe you and now we're not friends anymore, blah, 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 until like shit hits the fan that she finds out and then everybody's happy-go-lucky again. So I understand Beth in her mind-to-your-business era of like, this has nothing to do with me and I don't want to like ruin something. But I, but in you talking about it, Jamie, that did make me think like, well, if she doesn't have concrete evidence, then why would she say something? Mm-hmm. Because then that's going to just cause unnecessary um, paranoia if it isn't a thing, sure. right? Mm-hmm. So I understand like if she didn't have concrete evidence, but to, your, to answer your question, Brian, I, it, the movie was making it seem like Beth knew the whole time. Okay. And I feel mm-hmm. like Beth probably should have told her, but I understand that she did not. And I also understand... If she, I understand the perspective of her not knowing fully until the end. So, sure, totally fair. The answer is yes, and yeah, yes, and to everything. <laughs> um, and then, which ending do you prefer? Do you prefer the the jump scare and ending, or do you prefer the extension into um, the extension into kind of still being trapped in the cave and the more bleak ending? 
I think I like the bleak ending because it's a complete ending. Because one of my questions before I watched the alternate ending was, do we think that Sarah is still... Did she actually make it out or was it a dream? Mm. Because of how the American ending was. But now that I've seen the alternate ending, it's like, oh, okay, well, that feels more complete. Even though it's bleak, you know what happened to her. She's still there. Mm -hmm. You know, whatever. Go into... Uh, descent to and then see what happens next but it, that felt like more of a complete ending to me sure the alternate ending um jamie do you have a preference i think i like the the u.s ending more because i don't like bleak things sure <laughs> um i think i like the uk one because it because in the u.s one the birthday cake seeing her daughter motif is unfinished um, because it was clearly built to be that ending where like the, 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 the next time we see the cake is at the end, like to comfort her or whatever, or whatever she wants to see. So th- I think that's why I like that one, um, a little bit more, um, um, because so spoiler alerts for the scent too, if anyone cares, um, <laughs> Do you, can I, can I just tell you what? Do you say it? Please say it. Yeah. So the descent too, I won't go into the full plot is that, um, it completely disregards the UK ending and Sarah actually got out, but she's, Hmm. she has amnesia. Um, and when they take her to the hospital, she has, she has Juno's blood on her. So they think that she did it. Um, so they take her back to the caves because she doesn't remember anything. Um, and they Mm -hmm. go back into the caves to like, look for the friends. Um, but they actually find that Juno is still alive in there. Um, and like this, like tomb Raider underground person who like lives down there and like kills all these things. And, um, and like, it's, it just goes on and on from there. Um, but, uh, uh, that's the sequel, which like, uh, no, thanks for me. Not for me, but, um, Mm -hmm. so there's that. Um, but I have one more question at the very end of all of this, but I'll let you, I'll let you go into our next segment, Nikisha. Thank you for the questions. Grand. (laughs) Yeah. Well, let's get into brains, which we already kind of touched on. So, um, I won't bore you guys with all of my questions that, uh, I have. But... I would like to talk about how you feel as far as people peopling Sarah's kind of feral survivalist aggression Tomb Raider moment. And do you feel like that was naturally already inside of her as a person? Hmm. Or do you feel like because of the trauma and because of her literally fighting for her life, that's what caused her to be so just kind of badass in that moment of killing all the creatures and trying to save herself because we see at the very beginning even when she gets stuck and in in the cave she's like hyperventilating and her friends are right there you know trying to console her but she is kind of uh displayed as a person who is doesn't have that kind of strength like juno kind of has you know Mm. uh so how do you feel how do you feel about that do you feel like it was already in her or no um I mean, I, uh, hmm. I think like we've talked before, (laughs) no, it's a stumper. I think like we've talked before about like 
fight or flight and like adrenaline. So I do think mm-hmm. that like a lot of what we're seeing is her is that survival instinct of like the adrenaline is pumping and like she's going to do whatever she needs to do. And I think the the biggest switch is like her trying to find her friends again and and then after she encounters Beth of like what I think that's the bigger question of like what's going on there that's like fueling her to mm-hmm. to move forward after she finds Beth and like Beth like you know her dying breath and finds out what Juno did um yeah I mean I I imagine that like her all of their like you know excitement for doing like thrill adventure things oh fair might mm-hmm. also kind of indicate that they do have some of these skills. Like Sarah might already have some of these skills. We don't Mm -hmm. obviously see a lot of that in white water rafting. Um, (laughs) Yes. (laughs) At least that's never been my experience. White water rafting is being attacked by like ghouls and creatures and having to like, you know, kill them. Fight for your life. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. Um, No, but uh, yeah. So like, I wonder if, and, and like, I do, I definitely think that the trauma can certainly play a role in that, like, you know, with, with PTSD, there's like a heightened sense of like hyper arousal. So like if she's more on edge and just like very sensitive of her surroundings, um, Mm -hmm. you know, how does that also kind of like come toe to toe with these creatures who are like, you know, bat like and (laughs) super strong (laughs) and like (laughs) eating people through their skin, going straight for the intestines. Like, so I Mm -hmm. think that there's like, all of these elements that could potentially be contributing, but I think it could be everything, both. It's a combination of all the things. Yeah. That formed Super Sarah, Tomb yeah, Raider, Super killer, Sarah, or Survivor. Is it Farah? <laughs> because she's Feral Sarah, so she's Farah. Yeah, Farah. Sure. <laughs> Love it. Stick with it. Farah. Uh, great. So my other question, and we kind of touched on this, but I want more um, of an elaborate answer, but (laughs) do you feel that it was a good way to console Sarah when she was kind of stuck in the cave for Beth to say, you've gone through worse. There's nothing for you to be afraid of now. You're with me and breathe and then get... Do you think that was the best thing she could have said to help console her in her, in that time? <laughs> that really stuck out to me. Like, that line this yeah. time, like, really <clears throat> popped. So, I think that... I, I have, like, a slightly different perspective on this line this time around because it reminds... This is, like, a weird thing to go off of. But it reminds me about, like, something in one of the perinatal mental health um trainings that I did where it was talking about Mm. like it was talking about you know folks who are pregnant and like have a lot of anxiety about giving birth about the things that can happen and then going through some of those awful experiences and so like how do you talk to a parent who has given birth but maybe had like an incredibly traumatic experience how do you move forward and like you know rectify that trauma but like you can't not say you can't say like oh well at least like this terrible thing didn't happen like it did happen like it's part of your narrative now it's part of your story and I think about Mm. I'm way more mindful about like how I communicate with clients who have anxiety because like who am I to say that like you know to to quantify 
where things where things are in terms of the worst thing that's that's ever happened to somebody. And I think like in those moments, like there are certain things that might feel like the worst thing ever. Um, but then like, you know, compared to other experiences, maybe, maybe it's not, or like, I think we're also hypersensitive to like being present in one particular moment and it feeling like the worst thing ever. You know, Mm -hmm. I'm not Sarah, so I can't speak to whether like being stuck in the cave, feeling like you're being crushed to death or experiencing and surviving the death of your entire family is worse. I I could never make that call, but I think that there's something to like shift your your thinking in that process of like if this isn't the worst thing the most the most fearful thing that you have ever experienced in this moment and you've survived that it speaks to a degree of resilience that i think you can channel in a, in a new moment of like high stress high anxiety i'm not saying that necessarily what and how she said it is the best thing ever but i do think that there's like value in thinking about like our own resilience when we are currently in moments of like high distress and, and trauma and like, like that we, we have survived things and like we are survivors. We, we, if we are like continuing to show up, wake up each day that like, that's a commitment to ourselves to keep going. And so like, I think reminding ourselves of those really hard times sometimes can remind us of how resilient we are even if it's like a way to distract her from the immediate threat of, of danger and death that she like very much was in when she was in when, once like the, the rocks start falling where it's like, all right, we got to like haul ass right now. So, so I don't think that it was like all in, in poor taste. Maybe the execution wasn't the best, but I do think that there's value in like, you know, reframing how we're talking about like scary things because like we've survived some pretty awful traumatic things and we're still here. Mm -hmm. And like, if we got through those things, like it just speaks to a, a a strength that like, we don't always think about that. We do have. Nice. That's a great answer. I love that. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) And a great perspective too, of just resilience uh, and, and shifting your perspective. I mean, cause that's a lot of, at least in, in my therapy sessions of, Uh, cognitive behavioral therapy is reframing and kind of carving a new neuropath. So in changing your perspective of things can help in that. So that's great. That's all I got because I love that answer. We'll leave, I'll leave brains at that. Fantastical. So do we want to do uh, rotten tomatoes and ratings? Rotten tomato. Let's get into Rotten Tomaten, the Rotten Tomatoes. Um, the Rotten Tomah. Uh Okay, so Rotten Tomatoes, what do you think this has on Rotten Tomatoes? Uh, Jamie, what do you think this has on Rotten Tomatoes? Uh, 74. All right, and Nikisha? I'm going to say 84. This movie has an 86 on Rotten Tomatoes. Nice. Uh, but the That's audience awesome. score is closer to Jamie's, which is 76%. Mm. Huh. That's interesting. Um, yeah. and, and the critics' consensus reads, deft direction and strong performances from its all-female cast guide the descent, a riveting claustrophobic horror film. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, 
I dig it. We kind of said it subconsciously, but like, I think that this movie absolutely benefits from all of the, it being an all female cast. Like, mm-hmm. like it just like, uh, uh, like it, it's just it's just a very nice and and it's not like uh, it's not like a like you know we're all getting naked and the slasher's killing us type of thing. You know, like an eighties movie. Like it's yes. like yeah. it, it's it it. Honestly, it just feels like a normal horror movie. It just happens to be all female versus like all the all male ones we've all seen a million of. So I just appreciated that. Right. Um, um, but I have a question for you um, before we get into four S's. Is this movie trying to say something? Does it say mm-hmm. anything? Do the different endings mean different things for the character? Like, is this movie trying to say something about strength? Is it trying to say something symbolic about like, you know, that you're in a cave and you have to work your way out from this depression and stuff like that? Or am I just looking too much into this movie? I don't know the answer because I think it's a little convoluted if it is trying to say something. But again, this is a a monster attack movie in the end. And um, I'm just curious yeah. what you what you think and if anything struck you or stood out to you. That is such a great question. Uh, I mean, I'm never going to go spelunking. True. Also that. <laughs> if anything, it told me never to do that. Yeah. I don't want uh, that. No. Well, in you talking about it, Brian, I think that you kind of answered it for me in saying that if there weren't creatures and it was just about getting out of a cave, then maybe I would believe that it was more about like getting out of depression. Mm. Um, because then it, it is just about the women mm-hmm. and their behaviors and their personalities and working together or not working together for whatever purposes because of whatever the stakes are. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think putting the creatures in, it just like makes it a, how do you escape? Sure. Um, yeah. Um, Jamie? That's all I got. No, that, that's that's great. <laughs> um, yeah, I guess, like, I don't know. I feel like some of it is just, like, how are relationships tested in, in moments of trauma. But then, like, because they all kind of scatter and, and stuff, it's, like, it, it gets less of that and it's just more, like, spooky creatures. Um so I don't, I don't know. I haven't really yeah, thought, haven't about, thought it. about it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I get that. I mean, I, I just like, that's, yeah, I don't know. I just like to think of that way. And, and uh, th- th- it not saying anything does not take <clears throat> away from my enjoyment of this movie. I was just curious. Right. Um, yeah. But should we do the four S's? Yes. Yeses. Skull, scare, shakes, and suggestions. The talking horns, four S's. <laughs> the four S's are skulls, scares, shakes, and suggestion. Skulls, scares, and shakes we rank from one to ten. Skulls being how well this handles mental health and human behavior. Scares, how scary was this movie? And shakes, um, how much is this movie going to stick with you? Can you shake it off or, 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 or is it um, with you for a long time? So, Jimmy, let's start with you. What are your numbers for skulls, scares, and shakes? Yes, for skulls, I gave it a four um, because I I just removed so many points for people running around in caves. I can't I can't get behind it. Mm-hmm. Um, and just like brief moments of like, are, what are you thinking in making this choice? I don't understand. Um, for scares, I oh, for scares, I gave it a five. Um, 
because I think that this movie's like genuinely scary and has these moments of like really unexpected jump scares, but also just like, I don't like the dark. I don't like not being able to see. Mm -hmm. I'm feeling more freaked out because like, it's like, what's really going on? Um, And then like the tension just between it within these relationships, I think also adds to it. Um, For shakes, I'm giving this a seven because this, again, like I said, really stands out as like an early 2000s horror movie that I really enjoy and I would recommend this to loads of people if they would take my recommendations. Uh, Nikisha, what about you on your first watch? Yeah, I think I'm riding the high of um, (laughs) watching it just now. I put Skulls as a seven. Um, I just thought it was great. There was a reason for everyone doing the things. Scares, I did a seven, and it's not only the jump scares, but also just all of the gore and blood mm. and bones mm-hmm. out of the body. So I dim, gave that dim a seven. Dim bones? Dim bones, dim bones. And then for shakes, I gave it a nine. I was ready to text like so many people to talk about the movie or be like, let's have a watch party and watch this movie because mm. it's great. Cool. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. Um, for Skulls, I gave this a five because I think it halfway gets there with human behavior and... Um, human uh, mental health um scares a seven those jump scares still get me that's who i am Mm -hmm. i accept that um and uh shakes this is an eight um like jamie like both of you said it's a great movie it's it's great for both things if you want like a like relationship type movie that you know and if you want a gory you know thrill ride for a little bit um, yeah. Also, the scares going back to that, like the claustrophobic stuff. I think the tunnel mm. sequence when she's trapped in there is actually the scariest part of the movie to me. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, I thought it was great. Um, and watching it this many times, like it still holds up big time. Um, uh, Jamie, what suggestions do you have? I have two. I have the ruins. Oh, good um, one. Mm. Yeah, it just, like, feels like it has a similar vibe of, like, being in a new place mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and things going horribly wrong and leg injuries. Oh, uh, um. yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Maybe my scare should be an eight because it has a leg, leg injury. That really... Yeah, yeah, I that's true. That. That's, a, that's a point for you. Yeah. Um, and then it also kind of has as above, so below vibes. So I'm going, Oh, no, I mean, nothing. Just the ruins. Thank you. Bye. <laughs> Uh, no, only because I don't know any other like cave movies besides As Above, So Below. But I, it does give all similar vibes. I agree, Jamie. So that's also my suggestion. Cool. Um, I also had As Above, So Below. But I, <laughs> I also have, if you want another movie about a group of friends who get together um, after a traumatic experience and somebody hurts themselves and they have to like do something they didn't... Uh, attend to do in uh, the wilderness watch the ritual Mm, that's a great one the ritual is awesome um Mm -hmm. very similar to this movie in structure um in terms of like devastating backstory trying to get back together and like work through the grief together they need in this one nobody tricks anybody into like going into a separate part it's a very different scenario in that way but like they make bad decisions and it's it's an excellent movie 
Also British. Nice. Um, yeah. British. Um, another one I have, if you love movies about, like, groups of women um, with relationships, uh, you should watch Pitch Perfect, all three Pitch Perfect films. <laughs> um, <gasps> we also watched The House Bunny. Uh, you know, another oh, yeah, we started with it. group mm-hmm. of women together. You know, uh, that's what I, so I would suggest. Ryan. Pitch, pitch perfect. Next <laughs> <show. laughs> Fantastic. Yeah. Cool. Fantastic. That's, that's my, that's my <laughs> Love it. Obsessed. Okay. Well, I think that ends our episode of The Descent. You can follow us on all the social medias, the TikTok, the Instagram, the Twitter, at TalkHorrorPod, P-O-D, and Brian, where can they listen to us? Yeah, you can listen to us wherever you get podcasts. So like Stitcher, Spotify, and of course, Apple Podcasts. Rate and review us there. Five stars, please. And thank and you. Thank you. What was the quote that you had, Brian, that you said earlier? I've never been lost in my life. It was like a funny life. one. Oh. Mm. I'm always Awkward. lost. I have no sense of direction. Also, dim, <laughs> dim bones, dim bones, dim bones. Dem Actually, bones. that should be the ending is dim bones, dim bones, dim bones. Dim bones, dim bones. Yeah, yes. Thanks, guys. Bye. Bye. Don't go spelunking. Bye. No, thank you.